I'm willing to bet that if you're listening to this podcast right now, which you are, that you spend a lot of time thinking about the United States men's national team. In so many ways, the USMNT dominates the soccer thoughts and discussions we have in the United States. I think there are some very real and very interesting reasons behind why American soccer fans think and talk and tweet about the USMNT so much. And we'll get into some of those reasons in a future episode. Today, though, I wanted to flip the script. Ahead of the World Cup, where people from all over the world are going to be watching and paying attention to the U.S. in a way that they just haven't since the last time they were at the World Cup more than eight years ago, I'm curious. What does the world think about the USMNT? Not what do I think about it, not what do the rest of us here at Backheel think about it. No, I'm curious about what the world thinks about the U.S. men's national team. Do people care about up-and-coming American talents like Yunus Musa and Brendan Aronson and Gio Reyna? Do they even know who Greg Berhalter is? I'd be lying if I said we were going to fully answer the question, what does the world think of the USMNT on today's show? I don't have the world on speed dial, but I do have my Scottish friend and co-worker turned USMNT pundit Graham Ruffin on speed dial. And today, we're going to ask Graham what he thinks of the USMNT and what he thinks the world thinks of the USMNT. I'm Joe Lowry, and welcome to The Backheeled Show, where we bring you unique conversations and coverage of the United States men's national team ahead of and during the World Cup. And we do it all in 10 minutes or less. So hang out with us while you eat your favorite meat pie or while you down an iron brew or while you go see a castle. If you can't tell, I don't know a ton about what Scottish people do for fun. I do know, though, that here at Backhield, we believe that just because soccer games are 90 minutes long doesn't mean that soccer podcasts have to be. So let's get to it and talk soccer. I'm now joined by Graham Ruffin from the Total Soccer Show. Graham, thank you so much for being here. No problem, Joe. How are you? I am quite well, thank you. Let's dive into your thoughts on this U.S. team. First, looking at how the team is viewed across the Atlantic. So how do people, Graham, from your perspective, how do people in Europe view the U.S., either soccer fans or people in soccer media? What is their outlook on this team? So on this team in particular, I think casual fans and and the soccer media they are aware that the US have arguably their best generation of, of players for a while or, or pe- potentially ever. Um, so you look at the number of, of American players, young American players who are at big clubs, you know, so Christian Pulisic at, at Chelsea, Wes McKenney, Juventus, Gio Reyna. Obviously, the US has had big players at big clubs, but not so many all at the one time. So I think just naturally, if you're a soccer fan, you're going to have this assumption that the US right now have a good team. I don't think there's much knowledge at all about the t- the team as a unit because hmm. the US weren't at the last World Cup. And in that time, a whole cycle of the of the national team has passed. So I think in terms of the players, there is a, there is a good awareness of the players. But in terms of the team itself, I don't think there's much knowledge or awareness at all. Okay, and then from your perspective, Graham, so before you really started to cover Greg Berhalter's US men's national team, what was your perspective as someone who is much deeper in the soccer world than mm. maybe a lot of other folks out there? I had a surface level awareness of this team. I would say slightly um, more knowledge and awareness than your casual fan, but certainly not as much knowledge as, as guys like yourself and, and, and Taylor. Um, but it was at the start of the year that I really started to watch them close, closely and analyze them. But before before this year, my impression would be that 
the US had kind of left behind the ghosts of what had happened in 2017 and were building their best ever team with their, their best ever squad and best ever collection of individuals. Pretty similar to what I said about the, the casual fan. You see the number of, of, of young American players coming through and playing for big clubs and your natural assumption is to think, well, their national team must be good. Has your perception changed maybe over the last, I don't know, six months, a year or so? Uh, yes, it has, quite frankly. <laughs> uh, maybe not the answer you wanted to hear. So sure. I, I don't think the US are as strong as, as I thought they, they might be before I started to, to look closely at them. And look, maybe this is recency bias because we we both watched those those September friendlies against Japan and Saudi Arabia, and they were bad, right? They were bad performances. It didn't exactly fill US fans with much confidence going into the World Cup that their their team is going to achieve much. So maybe my answer is different if we go back to the the Panama qualifier where the US confirmed qualification and did so emphatically and Pulisic scores a hat-trick in that game. Maybe my answer is slightly different there, but I have to go on what I, I think now. And so, yes, my opinion has changed. And, and obviously there is a World Cup around the corner, so maybe the US pull out the bag. But right now, that, that team isn't as strong as, as I thought it might be. It's certainly not as strong as I, as I now think it could be. And the other thing, the other realisation is, I still think American soccer is still very haunted by what happened in 2017. I think that has shaken the confidence of, of the American programme, of American fans. There's still a nervousness that the US was going to miss out. And realistically, that, that wasn't going to happen. You look back and you kind of think, what was the US really that worried about so I do think there is still some baggage from 2017 and really the US needs a good World Cup to to I think sweep some of that baggage away whether it's going to get that or not is another discussion yeah so you mentioned they're a good World Cup Grim what do you think for folks that are on the other side of the Atlantic what do you think their expectation is right you mentioned earlier that the general perception is that the US has more talented players playing in high places than ever before and I do think there's some truth to that does that then mean that a lot of folks out there expect the U.S. to do well? Or is the fact that they're in a group with England and Wales, two teams that a lot of folks in Europe know far better than the U.S., does that group even change the, the expectations for this team? Um, slightly in that England are in that team. So obviously if the U.S. ends up in, in Group A with Qatar, then that changes expectations. Obviously, uh, just due to the, the individual talent levels, most people over here expect England to finish first in that group and probably beat the US comfortably. I'm not saying they expect, you know, five and six goals or anything like that, but I think they expect quite a comfortable win in that game. I think most people over here would expect the US to beat Wales. I know Wales have that guy who likes to play golf and sometimes score a free kick from 30 (laughs) yards every so often. But beyond that... This Wales team, it feels like they're coming down the other side of the mountain. In 2016 for the Euros, they had a very good team make the semi-finals of, of the Euros. That was overachieving, but nonetheless, they had they had a good team. It feels like now this this team is in is in decline slightly. Even Gareth Bale can't really play 90 minutes anymore. Maybe he will for Wales at the World Cup. So I think you look at um, the US's ranking. I'm going off the top of my head. The US's ranking is pretty strong at the moment, right? It's something like 14th or, or, or maybe Yeah, they, they've or been in a good spot. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they've been relatively high up in the FIFA rankings. Yeah, so I think most casual fans, when they're looking at teams they maybe don't know so well at this World Cup, they'll look at the ranking and they'll look at individual players to see if there's players that they, they know and that they've watched. I think the US passes both those tests for the casual fan. So in terms of expectations... I think the casual fan over here expects the US to get out of the group. Obviously, beyond the group, you're at the 
you're at the mercy of the luck of the draw and, yeah. and, and things like that. But I, I think the expectation is that the US will will get out of the group. Okay, to close us out here, Graham, Greg Berhalter, I know you know about this, right? But for folks maybe who don't, right? Greg Berhalter talks about changing the way the world views American soccer, right? He's had that slide up on his PowerPoints in long camps and January camps. He talks about it a lot. Do you think, do you actually think the U.S. men's national team has done that over the last almost four years now under Greg Berhalter? Does the world view American soccer any differently now than it did before? I don't think it's happened yet, no. And I, and I, and to be frank, I don't think it's going to happen at this World Cup either. I think Berhalter's comments, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, I think they were a bit more than just we're going to win matches and be successful. Yeah. The US has done that at World Cups before. I think he's talking. he was talking about the... Things like the technical ability of the USMNT. In the past, American teams may have been successful, but it's all been based on hard running and effort and and crunching tackles and shots from long distance and things like that. You know, that that has kind of been the American identity. I think Baralta now wants his teams and American soccer teams in general to be able to play with the ball and control matches. And um, in terms of the, the talent coming through, to go back to this point, I think soccer is starting to, or European soccer, world soccer, is starting to take American soccer more seriously. I don't think that's down to Greg Berhalter, though. In fact, if anything, I think there's a chance he sets back how the world views American soccer if the USMNT goes to Qatar and plays like they did in those last two games against Japan and, and, and Saudi Arabia. Because that would actually be a regression in public perception because you do have guys like Pulisic and McKenney and Des. You know, Des playing for Barcelona, now he's playing for AC Milan. Pulisic is playing for a a, a Thomas Tuchel team and, and, a, and a Graham Potter team. And Wes McKenney's playing for Juventus. And all those guys are actually in their own individual ways. They are changing perceptions of American soccer. So if the US goes into this World Cup with all the talent that they have, and we don't see a possession-based kind of very technical game, if that happens, then that could actually cause some casual fans to reconsider their thoughts. It, it's, it's ironic because Berhalter's, as you say, he's made those comments, he laid that out as his mission statement, and he could be the one to actually damage that mission statement at the World Cup. Graham, before I let you go, where can people find your work? So people can find me on Twitter. It's just my name, all one word, all lowercase, Graham <laughs> Ruthven. And I also write uh, at The Guardian and for various other publications. And I also talk regularly to you and two other uh, numbskulls <laughs> on the Total Soccer Show a number of times every week. So that's where you can find me. Graham, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. There will be a link to follow Graham on Twitter in the show notes. That's it for this episode of The Backheeled Show. If you're looking for more American soccer coverage, check out backheel.com for stories on the U.S. men's national team, the World Cup, and much, much more. We'll talk to you again soon. 